Hey moms, I'm Taryn, and I'm sure I'm not alone when I say that motherhood is a lot harder than I expected it to be. Of course I knew that there would be long sleepless nights and that my adorable baby would soon turn into a snack-obsessed toddler, but I wasn't prepared for the really hard stuff that isn't always talked about. The long NICU stays that we had, the mom guilt, or the constant worry as to whether or not I'm raising my kids to be kind, independent, and compassionate. Here at the Messy Mama Pod, my goal is to not only make you feel like you aren't alone, but to truly show you. You're going to be hearing from some incredible moms who are rising through some really difficult times in motherhood, and from guests who have made it their mission to spread awareness and education to make motherhood a little bit more joyful and inclusive. I live off of dry shampoo, and it is a complete guess as to whether my kids even have clothes on right now. So, if you're anything like me, welcome to the mess. And remember, messy can be beautiful. Hey mamas and welcome back to another episode of the Messy Mama Pod. This episode is all about preeclampsia and I think that this is a condition that a lot of moms experience and go through and can relate to but I also think that there is a lot of misinformation. Um, I know that you know kind of at my early motherhood stages and I when I first got thrown into the NICU there was a lot of moms in the NICU that had experienced preeclampsia and I really didn't know what it was and what it entailed and I always kind of thought that it was because of underlying health issues but that really is not the case so I'm so excited to chat all about preeclampsia today not that it's like a fun way to meet someone like a fun circumstance but I'm really grateful that you're here Tabitha and just excited for you to um, advocate and share your story and we can just learn a little bit about you. Yes ma'am absolutely. Um, Well so basically my husband and I we decided we finally wanted to start trying to have a baby. Um, He's military and we live 400 miles away from home and it's just us. Um, So we we've spent a lot of time alone and we just got to thinking we were really ready to have a family. So I have severe endometriosis mm. and um, I met with my OB and she was like, you know, you can start trying for the next year and see how it goes. Uh, don't expect too much. And if you do have a difficult time, once we hit that year mark, we'll look at like fertility options. Right. So we started trying in January and we ended up pregnant by February 1st. Oh, wow. So it was a huge, like, shock. Yeah. But um, we were extremely excited, you know, and um, it was, it was great. Um, I work in dental, and my husband's military. Um, Once COVID hit, uh, I decided to start staying home mm. because working in dental, working in the mouth, COVID, being pregnant, and it was already like a miracle that we got pregnant so fast, yeah. you know. Um, I decided to just stay home and try to make sure everything went well and I was healthy and everything just went as smooth as possible. And so and, leading in, sorry, just leading into your pregnancy, like you had endometriosis, but yeah. in terms of like, physical health like you were a healthy person oh yeah yeah no no issues I mean endometriosis I've had that since I was like 
13 mm-hmm. and it's it's not anything that caused any other issues besides the fact of you okay. know the pain and possible fertility issues but I didn't have any like any other type of health issues at all very healthy blood pressure always great checkups good everything was yeah good so um so basically once I got around 14 weeks I decided to go home to Alabama for a couple weeks to visit my family um and I wanted to do that a couple of times before we hit that mark where I couldn't travel anymore Mm in the pregnancy. So I went home and I had been having like morning sickness a lot. Of course, all things that are (laughs) typical with pregnancy. First trimester fun. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of fun. So I didn't think too much of me not feeling well, you know, but once I got to Alabama and visiting my family, my, my dad actually pointed out to me one day and he was like, your feet look like huge, like really really huge. Do you feel okay? And I was like, you know, I don't, (laughs) I really don't feel okay. I had been having like a lot of fainting spells, like lightheadedness, extreme nausea. Um, just a lot had really just within that 14, 15 week period started. And he was like, you really need to like check your blood pressure. So I was like, okay. I, I checked it and it was kind of high. It was like one, I want to say it was like 140 over 90, mm. somewhere in that area. And of course, I've never even messed with my blood pressure. And I was like, oh, that is high. And he's like, yeah. So I called my doctor and just let them know what was going on. And they were like, well, sit down and rest for a little while and then check it again. And if you keep having issues with it, just come in when you get back. Louisiana so we um we I I just kind of rested for the rest of my visit and I did notice more swelling within just that week more swelling my feet and actually I didn't think about it but my hands and my face were had some like slight swelling yeah but um so once I get back to Louisiana, I go in to see my OB and they check my blood pressure. It's still around that little area, that high number. And I show her the swelling. I tell her like my symptoms and she's like, well, you know, it sounds a lot like preeclampsia, but you're only 15 weeks. So it can't be. So I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, She was like, at that point, did you know anything about preeclampsia? No, I, I had no idea what that was. So she told me, don't Google it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but I went home and Googled it. Right. Like every single person. Yeah. Does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So got home, Googled it. And of course it's terrifying when yeah. you read like what it can do. I had never heard of it. I, I didn't know anyone that had it. And like when you Google it, it just says, you know, it's fatal. Right. <laughs> it's fatal to you and the baby. So I spend the next couple of weeks trying to just feel myself, like feel better, you know, and she says, you know, just rest as much as you can, drink plenty of water and keep a check on your blood pressure if you feel like you need to. Well, I would notice 
so that was 15 weeks. Around 17 weeks, I had a really huge spike in the blood pressure number Mm. and even more like fainting spells. Um, The swelling, I had to take my rings off and I couldn't get them back on, you know. And so my husband, he was way more worried than I was. I was Mm. like, you know, she said it can't be so you know, it's fine. Yeah. And he was and like, but like, you're not. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny that you say that because I, in so many of these podcast episodes, mm-hmm. the moms are always, I feel like moms, you either have that like intuition where you know something is wrong or you're just like, you know what? We've heard that pregnancy is hard. Like right. I, I know people get swell, swollen and you gain weight, mm-hmm. and, you know, and you just, there's so many moms that I think there's kind of this like societal maybe stigma or just this thought that like pregnancy is just hard and you just kind of need to buck up and get through it. So, so many moms I think feel that way where right. they're just like, yeah, this is just like crappy pregnancy symptom. Yeah. yeah. Or like when you do bring it up to your doctor and they kind of like brush it off, like, oh, it's nothing. You're like, okay, like I don't right. feel like I can say anything again. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. So, um, But my husband, he just got so worried. So he was like, you either need to go see your doctor again or we're going to go to the emergency room because that blood pressure, I think it had reached around like 107 on the bottom number. Mm. I want to say still like 140s on the top. But um, he was like, that's not normal. (laughs) So I called my doctor again, um, went in and saw her. And of course, when I got there, my blood pressure was not high. It, right. it was still higher, but not as high as I had caught it. Um, she checked me out. She was just like, you know, you're, you're 17 weeks. You're, it just can't be preeclampsia. So you just need to rest. I think you have anxiety. And so she oh. <laughs> prescribed me something to help with anxiety. And I almost believed her. I'm like, you know, I can be dramatic. So right. <laughs> maybe that's. All it is, it's in my head, and I'm getting myself worked up, which is getting my blood pressure up. So I tried that medication, and I actually started feeling a lot worse. And then I was like, well, is it the medicine, or is something wrong? It's like the whole time it was a debate in my head, you know, like if it's real or not. And I think that's what a lot of people deal with with it, too, Uh, especially if you don't know much about it, you know. Um, So... I want to say that next week is when I was finally like, okay, I'm not okay. And I called my doctor's office and they were like, prop your feet up and rest and check your blood pressure. If you feel like you need to, then go to the ER. And so we did that. We went to the hospital and we actually ended up going to the ER two times Both times getting sent home saying, you do have hypertension. So like elevated blood pressure, you should just go home and rest. (laughs) So then I want to say it was 20, 20 weeks. We ended up going to the labor and delivery floor because I couldn't go see them until I hit that 20 week mark. They would only let me go to the ER. So once I hit that 20-week mark, whenever I was having the high blood pressure, faint feeling, we would just go to labor and delivery. And I went probably about four or five times (laughs) within two weeks. 
um, I know I went to the pool one day with my friend and we stayed in like a shaded area, you know, and I was very careful drinking lots of water. I took my blood pressure monitor with me to the pool and just kept an eye on everything. And we caught that bottom number at like 116, 117, something like that. And I was like, this isn't, she's pregnant too. And she was like, no, like you, (laughs) I don't care what your doctor's saying. You need to go tell them that you want to know what's going on. Yeah. So, um, and at this point or like, so you're 20 weeks pregnant and you've been like, you've been taking yourself into the hospital multiple times a week for five weeks. Yeah. So what did that feel like when you're just kind of like brushed off? Like, stressful like I I started to believe yeah it's it's really just in my head so yeah I my husband of course he was more frustrated than I was he was beyond because he's so worried about me and the baby and I'm trying to think that you know everything is okay it's just my blood pressure is acting up but maybe it is anxiety still who knows you know but either way, every time I've went in, I, I mention, I say, like, my doctor, she mentioned preeclampsia to me. And I've researched it, and I feel like that's what's going on. And they would say, there's just no way. Wow. <laughs> you're so you're too early. When does preeclampsia, like, when does it typically start? They say that, or the doctors that I had told me that you cannot be diagnosed with preeclampsia until you're uh, past the 20 week mark. But even then you usually don't start having issues or symptoms until uh, the end of those 20 weeks. So, so more uh, getting into your third trimester. Yes. Yes. Okay. And you're just out of your first trimester when you started. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, they were looking at just other possibilities, I guess. They were saying you must have had like an underlying heart issue or um, you've always had high blood pressure and you haven't realized it. And I was like, no, that's that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I started realizing, too, the longer this went on, because I would Google and research and look up stories more and more and more. And I started to find just more symptoms that made sense. It just all went together to preeclampsia. Um, like uh, as far as like urinating, I I felt like I could never actually urinate. And that's the thing apparently is oh. you hold it all in. You retain everything. So oh. you're not using the bathroom like you should be. You're, that's why you're putting on a lot of weight apparently. And I wasn't keeping up with my weight. I could feel it, but I thought it's pregnancy, you know, but I was – before I got pregnant, I want to say I was like 165. And by the time we ended up having to deliver, I was 238. Wow. And And that was only 25 weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Uh, And fluid weighs so much. Like it's not the same as just like baby weight. You're retaining fluid. Yes. Yeah. It was a lot, a lot. So, um, but every time I went to the hospital, whether it was ER, labor and delivery, I I felt like I was a bother to them. You know what I mean? Um, Not necessarily all the nurses or all the doctors, but I was kind of getting brushed off as like the lady who keeps coming back. And my doctors already mentioned anxiety. So I think they were wanting to write that off as why I'm coming in so much. 
they would catch the high blood pressure, but they, they would just say, there's just no way it's preeclampsia. You might end up with it, but that's not what it is right now. You, it, we can't diagnose that. And I was like, that just makes no sense. <laughs> that's so were crazy. they offering to do, like, were they doing tests then? They did blood work. Um, they would do the urine samples, but they didn't do a 24 hour. They, they didn't end up doing that until um, I got to 21 weeks. So that next week. Um, but every time it was just blood work pretty much, or like the one time urine samples and things like that. Um, they did an EKG on me one time in the ER, but of course that was normal. Fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. So once I did hit 21 weeks, I told my doctor, like, I, I'm, I'm staying in the hospital <laughs> and something's not right. And I'm really concerned. I want something yeah. to be done. So she ended up ordering a 24-hour blood test or a uh, urine test, but she wanted me to see a high-risk doctor for him to just double-check her, which I'm so thankful now that she did yeah. <laughs> because that's what it took. Um, she did the 24-hour, but she had him read the results. And so at 21 weeks, my urine test came back as like, a 70. So I think that they said like 200 is the mark for preeclampsia. So they're like, it's not, it's not preeclampsia. I was like, well, what, <laughs> what is it? Yeah. And they seemed like they really didn't have an answer. And they're like, well, let's check you out again in two weeks. Just stay like bed rest pretty much. Uh, you can get up and like load the dishwasher if you need to or cook, but don't stay on your feet all day. Like pretty much stay on the couch or in the bed as much as you can. So. We got home and I tried to do that, but 22 weeks, I think I was 22 and five. Um, that night I told my husband, I'm like, I know I'm dramatic, but I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> Something's really, really wrong. I couldn't, to close my eyes hurt, to open them hurt. My head was extremely like hurting. Um, the swelling, I noticed it was really bad. Blood pressure, extremely high. Um, I constantly had that passing out feeling, you know, and it just wouldn't go away. So I gave it some time. I gave it about an hour and it was still doing it. So I called the ER and labor and delivery. And I said, I just need to talk to a nurse to find out if I need to come in or not because I keep getting sent home. So I explained to a nurse what was going on. And she said, you know, I see in your chart, it says anxiety. Are you sure it's not anxiety? And I said, I I'm 100% sure. So that was very frustrating, the whole anxiety ordeal. But um, Especially because you're you're essentially just getting labeled to have a mental health. Yes. Um, like, I don't want to say an issue. I have anxiety, so I, mm -hmm. I'm very aware of that. But it almost just feels like if we just label you that you're just a little bit mentally unwell right now, mm -hmm. like things are just going to be fine. Right. And I think that that happens to a lot of people, not even just like pregnant women, but right. Mm -hmm. We just like blanket it and just like, yes. Oh, well, it's just like mental. This isn't actually mm -hmm. physical. And then the really dangerous part of that, which happened to you is that you all of a sudden start to second guess yourself and then you right. get in your head and then you do yeah. feel unwell because you just mm -hmm. don't even know what, like, what is reality? Exactly. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she basically just asks you if you're sure that it's not anxiety. Yes, she said that. And then she told me, 
well, you know, you can come in if you feel like you need to. Um, she asked what my blood pressure was. It was really high. I can't remember the number, but it was really, really high. So I told it to her and she said, oh, yeah, with that number, you know, I can't tell you not to come in, but I can tell you that you can't just keep coming in. That that makes the doctors have to come in, too. And so I just start crying. <laughs> so, oh. so upset. I went and found my husband and woke him up. I was just crying. And he's like, what's wrong? I said, I, I told him what they said, you know, and I told him how sick I felt. We checked my temperature to make sure I wasn't actually sick or something. And when it was normal, but my blood pressure was still ex- insanely high, he was like, I don't care. Like, we're going. <laughs> yeah. So it ended up being about four or five in the morning. And we went to the hospital. We went up to labor and delivery and I told them what was going on. They checked my blood pressure and finally a nurse was like, that is insanely high. And I said, yes, I said, it's been like this. Um, so she actually called the high risk doctor that I had went and seen and told him what was going on. And he came over to the hospital and saw me and was like, I, I told him what the nurse had said. And he was like, no, <laughs> he was Good. like, you absolutely come in as soon as you start feeling something's wrong your blood pressure is high I don't care come in and he apologized he felt so bad so he wanted to do another 24-hour urine test he was like this just doesn't seem right he's like something's wrong so I stayed at the hospital and did the 24-hour urine test and they gave me some medicine for my headache and all that and ended up giving me um an IV after the 24 hour urine. But, um, we waited on those results. And when they came in, he was like, you may be having the baby today. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I just, you don't know what to think. You know, no. I, I didn't know how to react. I really wasn't upset, but I wasn't happy. Of course. I, I just didn't know. I almost was like, no, cause you know, nothing's been actually wrong, you know, so. And how far are you at this point? 22 weeks. I was 22 and like five, I think. So you're just hitting viability. Yes. So they ended up having um, people come in with paperwork for me to sign for like blood transfusion and like emergency C-section. And I haven't actually been fully explained anything to yet, you know, and uh then the NICU doctor is actually one of the first ones who came in and talked to me. And he was like, you know, I don't want your baby right now. <laughs> he was like, you're, if your baby comes to me right now, he's going to be a very sick baby. And he's going to be with me for a while. Uh, we're we're going to see what we can do. And we're going to try to keep you pregnant longer if we can. He was yeah. like, the, the longer you're here and the bigger your baby gets, the less time he'll be with me. Yeah. So what then the doctor, feel, what did that feel like when they're talking? Like, I can just really relate to that. And I remember how I felt, but how did you feel when they're saying basically, okay, we know that you're really sick, mm-hmm. but we don't want your baby out Yeah, because your baby is going to be sick. Right. Well, it made me feel very bad <laughs> like because my baby was doing good. He himself were, was great. Yeah. All the ultrasounds, perfect. It's hard. Every, everything was perfect. It was me with the problem. So I felt like if I had him, 
he was going to be sick just so I didn't have to be sick anymore, you know? And that was very frustrating. So, of course, I felt like it's okay for me to be sick as long as he's not. So I didn't want to have him, of course. Um, the doctor. It, sorry, I was just going to say, no, at, at that stage too, like you're a first time mom. And I think like I can, I can just so place myself in that. And I just remember feeling like I will just stay like I'll stay miserable so that the baby doesn't have to be but then you also just have no idea what's coming because you're a first-time mom like you don't know what it's like to go through delivery or the NICU yet or to see your baby so it's honestly when that NICU doctor came and talked to us me and my husband talk about it now I didn't realize like what he even was like I I knew if I had him he would be in the NICU, but I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what he meant by sick. I didn't, I didn't realize the extent of everything at all. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, I, I didn't realize how sick I was either. I, like you're saying, nothing. I, I don't understand yeah. any of it. I just know I don't feel good, and I don't want to have my baby yet. And I, I guess I didn't really think it was actually going to end up happening. Mm-hmm. I almost thought they've. They're, they're figuring out what it is. It is preeclampsia. I, I was kind of relieved, you know, to know. Yeah. But I I guess I assumed I was just going to have preeclampsia, stay in the hospital, end up having him go home. Yeah. You know, I didn't yeah. think anything that happened was going to happen. Yeah. What did it feel like when that specialist, like, started to believe you or believed you after feeling like you were just dismissed for so long? <laughs> I thought before they brought that, the results back, I thought he's going to come in here and it's going to be the same thing. It's not going to be high. I'm going to look crazy. I'm going to go home. And I was going to be frustrated. So when he did come back and he had the results and everything, he was like, you know, it's high enough where you could have the baby. I was like, I I almost didn't believe that it was accurate (laughs) Yeah. because it had just been 70 and it jumped to 1200. So, and that was within a week. And you said 200 is when you have preeclampsia? I think it's two, it may be 300. 200 or 300 is when they said is uh, the diagnosis based off of a protein test. Yeah. Wow. And you were at 1200. Mm -hmm. So, um, the high-risk doctor, he eventually came in and he sat down and fully explained everything. He's like, you know, it's very unusual that you did start showing signs at 15 weeks. Um, it is not textbook. It it doesn't get diagnosed that early, but you were showing the symptoms of it. And we're going to keep you until you have the baby, and we're going to treat you with medication here. Um, we're just going to try to keep you as pregnant um, or keep you pregnant as long as possible, you know. But um, he's like, it's it's dangerous. And we just want you to understand that. He also said, don't go to Google. Don't go yeah. asking for help. Don't try to find out what's going to happen. He was like, nobody knows what's going to happen, but you and your baby and God. You know, yeah. he was yeah. like, there's nothing that you can find online about it. So um, my husband he called like my family and friends and everybody and just let them all know what was happening, that we were going to stay in the hospital. Um, Cause they all 
had just heard, you know, that we may be having him that day. So thankfully the doctors decided like to hold off and try to medicate me because I hadn't been medicated at all. Yeah. (laughs) I hadn't had any uh, type of blood pressure medication, which now when I look back, that frustrates me that even though preeclampsia, it's not textbook to be diagnosed before 20 weeks, I still had high blood pressure. And I feel like if that could have been controlled a little better, maybe I could have went longer, you know? Yeah. Um, so basically we, um, we stayed at the hospital. Um, they moved me to a room and I got to meet all the nurses who were going to be with me and take care of me for the next however many weeks. The doctors said that they were hoping to keep me pregnant until at least 28 to 32 weeks because of how severe my preeclampsia already was. They didn't really know what to expect, um, but they were hoping to at least reach that. And at that point, what are they watching? Like what would have to change in order for you to keep the baby in or to deliver the baby? Um, They monitored my blood pressure every three hours. I would get my blood pressure monitored. Um, They would monitor for contractions for some reason. I honestly don't know why, (laughs) but um, they monitor that. They did blood work every couple of days. They did an ultrasound every day. Wow. They um, measured my, they, they did my weight every morning before I would eat or anything. Um, and I also got to have lovely like uh, COVID swabs every <laughs> so often. Oh. So that was, that was like, great. That just adds to it. Hey, gosh, yeah, I was crying about not having a COVID test. I was like, I really don't want that in my nose. And the nurse was like, I think you have more to worry about than this going in your nose. Yeah. <laughs> and now to think about it, that is, is it right. was dramatic of me. But still, <laughs> like no one wants that. Like, no, it's just no. like an added thing. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. So we, we ended up having a little routine down, you know, where every day I would know what times my nurses were coming in when I was getting food, when I would take a nap, when I was going to get to see an ultrasound. <laughs> like it was just a weird routine. Um, but I did get to see him every day, you know, and when they were doing the ultrasounds, he looked great. Yeah. Just like I had said, everything was perfect with him. Um, and so preeclampsia doesn't necessarily, um, bother the baby. It doesn't for so long. Okay. Um, you do hit a point and I, I assume that's where you have to make hard decisions is once we hit the point of the baby is in distress. Mm. Um, for a while, I assumed that the blood pressure would make him very sick because technically they had said that once that bottom number of your blood pressure hits 90, the baby is in distress. Mm. Well, my baby had been living with that high blood pressure for so long. He, that was his normal apparently is what the high risk doctor said. So he was actually concerned about if I was taking the blood pressure medication and it went down, if it would bother him at that point. Oh, interesting. So, mm-hmm. so they had to start watching that. They had to make sure he didn't stop growing or anything. Yeah. Um, but he he looked really good. I, I was on a lot of medication. I think I took seven pills a day. Um, wow. 
they ended up upping my blood pressure medicine like crazy <laughs> um, because my blood pressure just continued to go up as I was there. Um, and it's weird, you know, after dealing with the the kind of being brushed off when I was having the initial issues and them saying anxiety and everything, I still felt like when I was in the hospital that it was still a question if I had it or not. Um, And I wouldn't want to complain about not feeling well. And I didn't want to ask questions. I didn't. Some days I thought they were going to come in and tell me I'm going home because I'm better. (laughs) It didn't really fully set in. Yeah. That I actually had it or how severe it was until it was extreme. (laughs) So at that Uh, point, how far were you? Like you went on bed rest at 22, 22 and mm -hmm. five? 22 and five. They just kept me. They kept me until delivery and I could get out of the bed to go to the bathroom, but that was it. Wow. Um, so that felt like months (laughs) that it went on and I knew I was going to be there until possibly delivery, you know, and that was October 30th is when he was supposed to be due. And I went in around 4th of July. Wow. So it was a long time Yeah. <laughs> from then. Um, so I, my husband, he like went and bought me like a Nintendo switch and we, <laughs> we tried to just make it where it would go by yeah. as fast as possible. But um, I think if any mom listening has been on bed rest, they can just relate to that. Like, the, mm-hmm. I swear the clocks in the hospital go by slower. Yes. Like, it is, yeah, I can so relate to that. I used to just, like, walk the halls and look at, like, the <laughs> same pictures and read, like, the same plaques. Just being yes. like, okay, there's an hour and it's, like, eight minutes. You're like, God. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so long. Um, yeah. I, I ended up sleeping a lot. And I had... You know, you get relationships with the nurses, totally. you know, when you're there for so long and yeah. you'd have your favorites and <laughs> yeah. I, I had a really sweet nurse. She wanted to teach me how to crochet Aww. and she'd come in and I'd be napping and she's like, you don't need to nap. You need to watch a cooking show and learn how to cook something or you need to read a book or you need to crochet or she's like, you need to stay busy and you don't need to sleep. I was like, okay. <laughs> but sleeping just made it go by so fast. Yeah, yeah, she was like my mom. Yeah, <laughs> my my hospital mom. That's awesome. Uh, so at that point, did you guys have like baby's nursery done? Anything like that? Yes, we actually because we were so excited when it happened so fast. We just we went and started setting up the nurseries. So thankfully, we pretty much had everything ready, uh, aside from preemie stuff, of course, because right. you don't plan for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we, for the most part, had everything ready, um, thankfully. Yeah. So at what point did things become, like, scary? I mean, not so, to say that that all wasn't scary. Right. But, like, when it really, crap, yeah, <laughs> it, it stepped up a lot. Um, so I want to say 24 weeks. I started feeling worse and I noticed that my blood pressure was even higher. So like 160, I want to say 168 and was the highest I had seen that week. And the bottom number, of course, was still like over 100, well over 100. And I would ask that favorite nurse, the one who kind of 
babied me. <laughs> uh, am I going to have this baby soon? Cause that doesn't look good. And she was like, no, you can't think like that. Don't, don't worry. Don't stress. She's like, if you stress, you know, you're not doing anything helpful for the situation. And she's like, it's all going to be okay. And so I tried to just, you know, think I'm going to be here until delivery, even when I would see the bad numbers or have the bad days and everything. But I started feeling really, really, really sick. Um, and I told them I almost felt like I had the flu. My my face mm. hurt. My body hurt. I could tell I was even more swollen to where my eyes hurt to open and close. Um, and when they were weighing me, I was putting on a good like two to three pounds a day. Like overnight, it just, wow. it was going fast. Um, so my doctor came in and was like, I really, um, I really want us to keep a closer eye on your levels. So um, my blood work had always been perfect, like throughout the whole time, like the whole thing. It never showed that like my liver was in trouble or anything like that, which a lot of moms with preeclampsia deal with oh. is like help syndrome and everything. Right. Yes. But I avoided that somehow. Um, so that was good. But they knew that everything was still just kind of off. And then they also noticed at 24 weeks that uh, my son, Russell, he was getting absent blood flow. So they noticed in the umbilical cord on the ultrasound that it would kind of pause for a second and it would continue. And they just so happened to catch it one morning because they looked the next morning and it wasn't there. The next morning it wasn't there. Then the next they saw it again. And they're like, that's the whole, it's intermittent absent blood flow is what he had. So it wasn't constant. And if they hadn't been doing ultrasounds every day, they wouldn't have seen that possibly, you know? So we did realize he, he was starting to have some issues, but as far as they could tell, he didn't seem to stop growing or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, but they, they just wanted to keep watching that. And the doctors did explain to me if it becomes more consistent or, um, he fully stops getting that blood flow, you have to deliver right then. Yeah. So I started getting a little stressed. (laughs) Um, I I felt, you know, very sick. And then this happened and I was like, I really, I can't have him yet. I would keep up with like my app Mm. of his growth. And I was like, he's still too small. If I have him, he only has like this percent of a chance. So I was getting over, over overwhelmed with all the information that I was finding myself, which I shouldn't have done. But, um, but at that I point, just had this now, feeling. Yeah. And at that point, you're now thinking about the baby more. Not that yes. you don't think about him, him from the beginning, but it right. becomes a lot more real when you're like, oh, okay, if he comes out right now, he's the size of like a small cantaloupe. Yes. Like, that's <laughs> like, scary. That's not good. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I really just, I, I knew we were having the absent blood flow, but I was like, we really just have to at least make it to 28. And the doctors came in and talked to me with me and they were like, yeah, we, we think you can still make it to 28 weeks at least, but it may be even 30, you know, we'll just have to keep an eye on things. And then he was like, you know what? I want to do another 24 hour urine test on you because you're really swollen. And I was like, okay. So 
You're like, thanks for noticing. Yeah. <laughs> I told them, I said, this isn't my face. It's yeah. not my face at all. <laughs> but, so did another 24-hour urine test, and they took that. Um, that next day while I was waiting on the results, I felt even more sick, like the most sick I had felt at, like during the whole ordeal. And I slept all day. I didn't eat. I I just was hurting all over, you know, just felt awful. And the doctor came in and was like, your, um, your 24-hour urine test is extremely not good. <laughs> and I thought they said 2,300. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like that is really high. So I called my husband, just told him, you know, I'm having a bad day. I don't feel good. My protein test came back as 2300 and like I'm kind of worried so he wasn't actually going to come up that day he was coming every couple of days to spend some time with me because of his schedule with work and we have a dog and it was just us so it's hard for him to be there constantly you know yeah and I was okay with that um but I was like you know I I think I'm just having a bad day so he came up there and he was like, I'm going to bring you some good food because I was so sick of that hospital. Food. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so he brought me some food and we sat there and my favorite nurse came in and she was just asking about my day. And I told her, I was like, today's been a really bad day. I just don't, I don't feel good. I'm stressed out. I'm worried. And then my results were 2,300. And she was like, it's not 2,300, it's 23,000. <gasps> <laughs> my husband looked at me and I was like, uh, she, she said, oh. yeah, 23,000. She said the highest we've ever seen. She was like, it's not good. Oh my God. <laughs> I just, I didn't know what exactly that would mean. <laughs> they weren't acting panicky, you know, yeah. they weren't doing anything different. Um, they just flat out said it and, I really didn't know what to ask, you know, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but she was like, you just need to eat your food, you know, relax. Everything's going to be okay. And she walked out of the room for a minute and then she came back to get my blood pressure started and everything like that. Um, and I went to take a bite of food and I couldn't do it because my stomach all of a sudden like hurts so bad, like super sharp. And I told her, and she said, is it a contraction? And I was like, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had one, so I, I don't know what that feels like. Um, so she hooked me up to the monitor, and she was like, it's not a contraction. But it just kept doing it. It was like above my belly button, just super sharp, like um, almost like my endometriosis pain. So I told her, I was oh. like, you know, I have that. Could that be it? And she's like, ah, no. She's like, I don't think so. Um, she went ahead and checked my blood pressure and it was very high. It was like 180 something over 120 something. Wow. Um, and then she went out of the room, came back with a, another nurse and an ultrasound machine. And she was like, I want to look at the baby and just make sure he's okay. They kept the screen faced away from me, which they usually hadn't been doing. And that's when I was like, something's worrying them, of course, you know. Yeah. So they're looking at it and they're just kind of mummering to each other. And my husband's looking at me like worried and I just don't know what to think. 
And then um, she's like, you know, we're having a hard time finding his heartbeat. Um, She was checking him or she was checking me with the Doppler at the time, too, and couldn't find it. So for some reason, it didn't set into my head and I didn't realize like I, I, I still thought he was fine. I didn't think anything of it besides they just can't find it, but they'll find it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But then she walked out of the room and when she came back about eight or nine people was in the room <laughs> with oh her. My God. And that's when I was like, Hmm. <laughs> uh, somebody came up to me and was asking me to take my necklace off. Another person was trying to get my shirt off. They had a gown. Uh, somebody pulled my arm out for an IV and I, they were leaning me back. Nobody actually said anything. They were just giving me like directions. <laughs> and I looked at my nurse and I said, am I having the baby? And she said, yes. And it's okay. It's fine. It's going to be okay. And I was like, I just started crying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not okay. Yeah. Um, they didn't really explain anything, which I didn't think to ask because in that moment you're, it's just fast. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, um, my, my husband gets pulled out of the room by the doctor, which this is a doctor I've never, ever met. It was just the nearest one they had. Wow. So they pull him out and they're talking to my husband and having him sign papers, I guess, um, while they're doing like the IV, the catheter, all this stuff. They knew they wanted to give me magnesium, but they didn't have time. So they just, um, got me ready and within like five, 10 minutes, they had me willing to the, um, surgery room. And, um, once they got me in there, I still hadn't thought to like ask anything, you know, (laughs) I'm still, I'm just crying. I'm like, I really don't want to do this. They're like, you have no choice. And it's so funny. And like so many, I'm sure that you've talked to like NICU moms or preemie moms specifically, It is amazing how you can be like in going into the OR or for me with Tate, I was like having massive contractions and I still wasn't thinking that it was happening. It was the weirdest thing. And I talk about that with Derek still, like both times I had my kids, I just remember being like, holy shit, all of a sudden they're like here. Like I didn't right. even know this was like. No, the I still result. feel like that. <laughs> yeah. I still feel like, oh my god, I have a baby. Yeah, I didn't have that normal. <laughs> I guess when you don't have what you expect, you it just still doesn't feel right. You know? Yeah, because I think that like the last, I really think that the last from thirty to forty weeks, or even maybe thirty-five to forty, those weeks are meant to really prepare you mentally and physically. Like you get to a point where you know your belly is really well you and I don't know, but your belly's really big and you're like, (laughs) you just feel so ready. So I think when you Mm -hmm. don't go through that, there's like this void in, okay, I want my baby to be here because you and I know that at that time you don't want your baby to be here. Mm -hmm. You want anything but that. Right. It's, it's a lot to process. (laughs) Um, So he was obviously born via C-section. Yes, emergency C-section, which they had initially told me when that when I got admitted at 22 weeks and we were possibly having him. They're like, we're going to sedate you and you're going to have him. And because of how dramatic I am, I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sedate> me <laughs> because that sounds terrible <laughs> to have a C-section. So um, I actually get in there and 
you know, they go to give me the spinal tap and I'm like, are you going to sedate me? They said, no. And I was like, Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not ready. Like I, I thought that I was going to have all these months to like mentally prepare myself for this moment. You know? But, uh, totally. so they just, they, they start giving me the spinal tap. They're like, you know, don't move. And of course I dramatically like move and I hope everyone does that because I felt crazy, you know, and I'm I, like, know. I, I promise I'm not trying to move. I'm scared to move. And they're like, it's okay. Just don't do it again. And I did it again, of course. <laughs> and I was like, it's just a reaction. I'm sorry. Just to date me. <laughs> yes, please, please. But, um, so they did that and I laid myself down and they started getting everything ready. And I mean, this was super, super fast. And I, I want to say it took five to 10 minutes to get me in there. Maybe five minutes to do the spinal tap. And they laid me down. They automatically just had, had everything up and started to go to, you know, do the C-section. And I felt that instantly. And I raised my hand so I could move. <laughs> and I said, I feel that. And he's like, is it pressure or sharp? And I said, absolutely sharp. And he did it again. I said, and sharp. <laughs> they like tilted me all the way back to see if that would help. And they gave me maybe a minute or two and tried again and sharp. So they're like, are you sure you're feeling it? I could move my legs. And I started moving them. And I was like, I'm not. No. <laughs> oh, so they <laughs> set me up. They're like, we don't have time. Um, oh. And I was thinking, are y'all about to just like do this without me being <laughs> But because they were saying they didn't have time, but they pulled me up. I remember um, this man pulled me up and held me while the uh, anesthesiologist came around the back and did another spinal tap. And then they laid me back and started cutting again. And I felt like a sensation, but not that pain. So right. I assume it was working. And then I started not being able to feel my legs and everything, you know. So I think that when we looked at the time, it only took him like six or seven minutes to actually deliver our son at that point. It was extremely fast. And I actually was kind of going in and out of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember asking the anesthesiologist, I was like, did you end up giving me something? And he was like, no, not yet. And I was like, okay. But I was, I was going in and out. I felt like that point, where you're about to pass out, like yeah. that ringing in your ears. Yeah. I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I told my husband, I was like, you need to have them check my oxygen. And I was struggling to talk, you know, yeah. um, I was like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And they're like, it's going to be fun. They were just, you know, trying to get the baby. And I didn't know it was actually the reason for anything at this point besides, you know, have preeclampsia. Yeah. So they get him out and, it makes me so sad because of how much I love him now, you know, but I remember them showing him to me and I was sad. I, w- I wasn't happy, you know, it, yeah. he was very small and he was gray and he looked very sick. He, he didn't look like a baby, you know, and I think they wanted to try to make it as normal and like a good moment as possible. And they're like, Oh, here's your baby. It's, I, it's it's sweet now that I, I have the video of it and it's very sweet of that doctor because he tried to make it like a happy yeah. moment when it's so terrible you know yeah. honestly and they ventilated him up and put him on like my shoulder 
like just laid his head on my shoulder and I was trying so hard to look at him, but I was still coming like in and out of consciousness. And, um, so I really, I don't remember that. Like I, I remember trying to see him and I couldn't and he wasn't making a sound and it was just, uh, very not happy moment, yeah. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Um, well, it's not how you envision it. It's not how you, no. when you're pregnant and you think about it, I mean, that's one of the things you think about the first time you see your baby and what you mm-hmm. and your husband or your partner are going to do and, and how their pictures faces. Yes. and yeah. everything, which we have the pictures, but, um, those pictures, it, it, they're happy, but they're so sad, you know, and it, he, lo- he, he doesn't look like him, you know, and it's just a hard thing to still look at and process. But, um, once they got him, they automatically took him to the NICU. I saw him for probably less than a minute, honestly. You yeah. Know? I remember the his actual NICU doctor was in the room, and I didn't know it at the time. And she was turning my head and trying to like lift it for me to look at him the best she could. So she's so sweet. <laughs> but uh, she was like, I'm going to take your baby. I'm going to take care of him. And they were gone. Yeah. And my, my husband went with them. And I remember them stitching me up felt like hours. <laughs> You know, when you're not feeling good and and your baby's gone and it's so quiet in there. It goes from mass chaos and like, like everyone is going a hundred miles an hour. And then all of a sudden it's just you and you're like, yes, I so remember that. I haven't even thought of that, but I so remember that. It's, it's, I don't know. It makes you feel sick and it's scary and it's depressing. (laughs) It's not happy at all. It's so as soon as Russell is out of you, like is preeclamp is your preeclampsia gone? From the doctor that I had, which she's also the one who told me, you know, you can't have preeclampsia before 20 weeks. Um, she told me that you're cured by delivery, but I did learn that you can have postpartum preeclampsia. So I don't fully understand because I actually didn't have to deal with that, but I still had issues after he was born, you know, for probably about a week or two. And then I started feeling better where some people apparently never have any issues. And then say two weeks after they had the baby preeclampsia, which is insane. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> so I'm crazy not too. fully aware why um, yeah. or how or anything like that. But so when you and I first started chatting, you sent me a picture of how swollen your feet were. Yes. <laughs> crazy. Like to think like when I saw that, I it's just like they just look sore and tight and just like they were yes. ready to just like pop. So to does that walk s- didn't work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought of that, like how you would have walked around. But does that swelling all go away right away, or how does that no. part of it work? No. So after after they had me stitched up and everything, you know, they take me to the room. I, I didn't get to see Russell for like three days because they had to do the magnesium um, to make sure I didn't have a seizure or anything. Um, and you can't walk while you're on that. Um, but they still would check my swelling and everything through those days, um, those three days. And it was going down, but not, it, it honestly didn't fully go down until 
probably a week or two mm. after I had him. Uh, it took a lot of time. I, I do know that my first uh, postpartum appointment, which was two weeks after I delivered, um, I had lost 27 pounds. Wow. So <laughs> a lot of it did come off. Yeah. By then. Um, so and are you able to, just... like, you can just pee normally again? Yes. Okay. The catheter actually made a huge difference with that. Um, they could tell as soon as I got the catheter, they were like, oh, there you go. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> I told y'all I haven't been able to get the <laughs> I struggled to give them enough with the 24-hour urines. They were like, you're not giving us enough. I said, that's all I have. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I, I know I couldn't wear my shoes. Yeah. I, I couldn't wear my shoes for a while after having him. I actually had to wear my husband's one day, and I was like, these look ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and he's like, we had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> Being postpartum, like, isn't hard enough. Mm -hmm. Let me just wear, I know, I remember I was wearing Derek's pants one time. And I'm just like, really? Like, <laughs> I have no dignity left. And now this oh, is gosh, no. bad. Like, yeah. Yeah. So at the time of recording, um, Russell is still in the NICU. So what day are you on right now? Um, 75 today 75 and he was a 24 weeker 25 25 25 weeker. weeks mm -hmm. yep. 75 um, days yep as soon as as soon as I had him you know I t they they took him to the NICU and uh like I said I, I didn't get to see him for three days uh my husband did and he my husband came down to the room and he was just crying and he was like that's so hard. He's like, I just want you to be ready to, when you see him. Like he looks really sick and he's so small. And he was, he was like the size of a water bottle. Wow. <laughs> he was tiny. How very, much did he tiny. weigh? Uh, one pound, nine ounces. Wow. So they found out that he did stop growing. Uh, they weren't able to catch it on the ultrasounds, even though they were doing them every day. Yeah. They, they didn't realize he had stopped growing at some point because uh, he was much smaller than they anticipated him being. Um, but uh, we also didn't realize either how sick he was. We knew they kept saying, you have a sick baby. Yeah. But we didn't realize it was that we were going to possibly lose him. You know, they don't tell you that. Yeah. They don't say you know, your baby might not live because yeah. that's, I mean, nobody wants to <laughs> have that conversation. Yeah. Um, they just kept saying, you know, he's a really sick baby and it was hard to see him the first time I actually, cause you know, you don't get that attachment feeling when you have them in that terrible delivery, honestly. Yeah. But once I actually got to like, all I could do is touch his foot. I couldn't hold him forever, but I touched his foot and I was, that was when I was like, yeah. okay, this is my baby. Yeah. And he His is mama instincts are so strong. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so it was, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're rooting for you and I love seeing your little updates of him on Instagram and yeah, he, he really looks is, so different. <laughs> isn't it so crazy? <laughs> yeah. I remember the NICU doctor, Dr. Wonko. He was my favorite with both of my kids. And I remember him saying to me with Tate. So my first, he's like, you will not even recognize the child that you no. take home. And he's like, take no. pictures. And it is every so crazy. week. <laughs> yeah. It is so crazy to see how much mm -hmm. they change. And then they start to look like you're probably getting in that stage where he's looking like a newborn. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. But he acts like a six month old. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's two, he's going on three months. Yeah. You know, and that's what a lot of people like I've noticed friends and family, they don't really get that. Cause he does look so small. He's not, he, he is premature. So he is young as they yeah. say with all the corrected ages. And yeah. I, I still don't understand all that. Yeah. But, <laughs> He'll get there. but he, he's almost three months. So he's so aware and alert and he has his little personality and it's so crazy, you know? Yeah. It is. Well, pretty soon you're going to get home and you're going to listen to this podcast or you're going to look at pictures. And it Mm -hmm. just is so strange how it just becomes this like distant memory and just part of your journey. But I'm so grateful that you're advocating for preeclampsia because like I said, like Mm -hmm. I've learned so much. And I think that you know, I don't do these episodes and and bring on guests like you or mamas like you to scare people. But I do think that it is so important to know. Right. Because it's not it's not talked about. And that's what I've told so many of my friends, because I do have a lot of friends that are pregnant and having babies. And I'm so terrified. I have like PTSD now that everybody's going to have preeclampsia. (laughs) But they, they don't talk to you about it much. They you never really hear about it. I feel like we don't push for answers enough, you know, and we do accept anxiety. We do accept when the doctor says, you know, you're fine. (laughs) And it's great when you are, but when you're not, it's terrifying what can happen. Um, So like I I did end up having a nurse come to me later on, or it was a doctor. Um, A doctor came to me later on and said, you know, your case is very unusual, very rare, but it did open my eyes that it doesn't have to be textbook to be happening. Wow. And so she said that she was going to start carrying that with her. And I will also, (laughs) you know, realize that it doesn't have to be for it to be happening. And I I never wanted to speak up, you know, but now I absolutely Absolutely will. And I think my yeah. phone died on you. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry. I'll just edit uh, that out. Okay. But I do think that it's so important for, I mean, I think that the NICU gives like this very, very unique experience where you feel so strongly the need to advocate for your kids because when they're in the NICU, they can't do anything. And you're their, you know, you are their loudest and strongest and most loving advocate. And I think that that also makes it really easy, though, to look back at your experience and say, you know, I wish I would have spoken up more or I wish I would have advocated for myself harder. But, you know, I think that that's like hindsight is 2020. But I love that you are just spreading the awareness of what preeclampsia is by telling your story. But you're also empowering women to advocate for themselves and to stand up themselves because doctors are loving and caring but they can be intimidating and and they're human you know (laughs) it's like if if we had went to school we could that could be us you know if we had went to school for that yeah um so they're they're human and they have a lot of patients and you don't you know stuff happens yeah yeah (laughs) and I I do just wish I would have spoken up more because I do feel like more could have been done in the beginning if I had pushed and questioned, you know? So now, like you said, I I do catch myself doing that with Russell more. I, if I can tell he's having a bad day, I'm going to ask and ask and ask and ask. (laughs) And, you know, I, I just, 
it's it's scary what can happen if we don't yeah um you know take care of ourselves and advocate for ourselves exactly no i so agree and i'm so grateful that you're here um and thank you for coming and and sitting with me and i can't wait to see that picture of you and your hubby taking Russell home, that's just going to be such a great day for you guys. Yes, thank you. Yes, ma'am. We can't, can't wait. Absolutely.